He had amazing ability to wind up, even though he didn't speak English. <laughs> I liked him actually. I enjoyed it. You know, he was a tough guy, and he was aggressive, and he was he was angry. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. All right, very welcome along to this week's episode of the football kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash off the ball. And then anytime we go live, you can turn your notifications on and just click one button. I'm delighted to say we've got Clive Allen with us. Clive, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. We're all pretty glad football is back. Um, it's going to give us something to uh, talk about and, and we're going to see how well some teams have dealt with this kind of little mid-season, mm-hmm. off-season. Colin Bowie also with us, Colin. Good morning. Morning, sir. Morning, Clive. Morning. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. Um, you guys almost met recently. I didn't want to say it. Colin was over at a game and he missed your call and for weeks he's been complaining about missing out on the opportunity to go for a beer with you, Clive. So we thought we'd bring it up straight after. I, I was uh, texting Clive during the Spurs-Wolves match. Hi, Clive. Caught him here from right, off the ball. Yeah, we were there the day right, before. We very nearly met up. Very nearly met up. We just, just I was, missed. I was hoping, Clive, you were going to come on and go, no, I don't remember that. Who's this, who is this guy? <laughs> that was a little worry. All right, a little <laughs> concerned. No, um, unfortunately, my commitments at the club that day during the, during the game and after the game, I, I didn't manage to meet up. So I, I do apologise for that. I understand that, Clive. I under, personally understand it. But we could do it again. Can I? I'm, I'm really interested in the stadium because um, we, we keep doing stuff with, with Martin Lipton, who tells us that the, the match day income from the stadium is going to be really transformative for Spurs over the course of a couple of seasons. It's just going to give them a, a much higher base in terms of income and revenue. What is it actually like on match day? Because it seems as if it is um, certainly the place to be at the moment when it comes to football and uh, particularly football in London. Absolutely. The, the, the venue caters for, for everybody, everybody's needs, what you, what you might um, enjoy on a match day. Um, eight times more corporate than uh, than there was at the old White Hart Lane. The uh, the attention to detail is is quite um, quite phenomenal. So um, it's, it's it's certainly a place to go and watch your football. And the team's doing okay, and um, the atmosphere is is second to none. There's not another atmosphere in a, in a stadium in the country that, um, that that the Spurs supporters and the and the new stadium generate. So um, it's something that everyone should come and experience. So the five games that we're talking about it does include uh, the game on Saturday evening. It's a half-five kickoff: Spurs versus Leicester. That's on Sky Sports. The game tonight is Villa against Southampton. Wolves versus Manchester City is the early kickoff on BT Sport tomorrow. Brentford Arsenal then is on Sunday, and Everton against West Ham. This little break that some teams are having—it's um, a very long break for the teams who aren't in Europe. Uh, some of those teams will be really glad of that. Maybe Leicester will be very glad of it. I'm not sure. Maybe it'll be a disaster for Brendan Rodgers that he hasn't had football to get into his players so is there anything that we need to be aware of or think about when it comes to having this time off or is it kind of irrelevant really what, what's your take on that Clive? No I, I think teams can use it to the, to benefit certainly um, you know it's sort of been a fast and furious start to the season if you've been in bad form it's just a, just a time to, to take, a, take a breath just to um, you know refocus and certainly I think uh, Brendan would have had a chance to work with his players um, more time on the training field certainly an, an opportunity to, to put things right that he feels have been going wrong. So I, I think for some of the sides that have not started particularly well, it's probably more beneficial for them than the teams that have been in good form 
and they don't want that break. They don't, they don't want that momentum to be uh, to be changed. So, um, yeah, I can see one or two um, interesting results coming this weekend. Okay, what do you think happened to Spurs in the last three minutes of the Champions League game uh, during the week, and what kind of impact do you think that's going to have on the game against Leicester? It's it's going to be interesting the way they react. I think uh, things have gone well. They've not played particularly well, as we've said before, but they've got results. Um, on this occasion, they switched off for the last, I would have said, last five minutes. It wasn't the best performance, but they certainly were in control of the game, or I felt they were. And then they paid the price right at the end of the game. And, and you know, it's a defeat. And when you are beaten, it just puts a different um, complexion on everything. So... They're, they're, they they will have analysed it. They would have looked at the reasons why they conceded those goals, but they've got to get back to winning ways. It's a it's a fabulous opportunity. A Leicester side that are really lacking in confidence, and uh, they're playing at home, um, and they they will they will want to pick up from where they they've left off in terms of the the, the results that they've been gaining. Clive, why is it um, that Dejan Kulusevski is missing out and not Son? Uh, I think it's a fascinating one. I think that uh, Conte has, has stuck by Son. Son's not been the player that we've known for the last three years. He, he, he's been, I think, just struggling a little bit, maybe from confidence in respect of the competition. Um, Kudazeski, when he's come on, has been brilliant in terms of impact, the way that he's, he's affected the team. Um, it's a lovely option to have for, for Conte. And obviously, there's those three places, the way the team's playing, those three places with, with four options. Um, Richarlison's taken his chance well. He's been dynamic. He's, he's added he's added something to the front line. So um, at the moment he's sticking by Son, but I just wonder how long that will continue. Would you Would you drop Son? Um, not at the moment. No, I think he, he desperately needs a goal for his confidence. Um, and I think the ideal opportunity would be the game against Leicester. So um, no, I wouldn't drop Son Son at the moment. No. Because if you're Conte, you've got to think about the whole season. You yeah. know, you've got to play him into form. Kulusevski is still establishing himself at the club, and so therefore it's easy enough to have a conversation. Here, listen, I'm just going to take you out of the team for a while, but you're going to have a real impact for me in those last 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Empty the tank every time. I think, I think he has a bit of an easy target. A half of me thinks that is Conte not rewarding Son for finishing joint golden boot last season with Mo Salah, but thinking, well, you did all that work for me just a few months ago, so I'll leave you in for another while. But I don't think Kulusevski's done anything wrong. I think he's the biggest threat at times in the front three. I understand Richardson coming into the team because he's been very impressive in the, the impact he made off the bench. I understand him starting. Kane is a no-brainer. But, geez, for me, I'd have Kulusevski ahead of Son at the moment yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that but I think what Kudoseski's done is shown exactly what the manager wants that he, he come when he does come off the bench he, he impacts the team he, he's made a difference in games which is vitally important that's exactly I think what Conte wanted in, in various positions um, throughout the team so um, he's doing he's doing what's asked by the manager um, the manager is sticking by Son. There's no doubt about that. He knows what he's capable of, and I think that's that's something that we've seen with Conte. The way he's assessed the team towards the end of last season, the additions he's made through the summer, um, and he, he, he's established a squad now and a, and a, and a, a vibrant squad that where there's real competition for places. As you say, it will be really interesting to see what the response is like from the team in terms of the psychology of how they go about this game but also from the manager does he make any changes like we're obviously very interested to see if Matt Doherty can get a game and when Doherty was playing he was brilliant under Conte and then he got injured and he's lost his place so I you know I, 
I'm not saying it's the right wing back's fault that they lost 2-0 in, in stoppage time during the week but I wouldn't be terribly surprised if there was some changes to the rest of the team no, I think you're right. I think that um, Antonio Conte's hinted at that as well. He's, he, he, he said in his uh, press before the Champions League games that he is going to get to a stage where he's going to have to rotate the squad. And I think that might well happen. He might freshen it up. There's been a defeat. There's 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 an opportunity for him to say to one or two, that wasn't good enough. And, and the chance now he's, he's giving to other people and, and, he, and he has that luxury with, with that strength in the squad. So, yeah, it might well be a time where he'll freshen it up a bit and he'll just start to make one or two changes. And I think by him saying that before the Champions League game, that was exactly what his intention will be moving forward. Go on. Well, yeah, I, like if I was a Spurs fan, I'd just be so excited because we're talking about like we're talking about either Son or Kulisevsky and even Yves Basuma, Clive, who isn't getting a game at the moment, you know, signed for big fanfare from Brighton, was absolutely outstanding for them last season. And everybody thought Hoiberg was the one who was going to miss out. But it seems that he's actually risen to the challenge set by Conte. You know, you're under pressure here. We signed the guy in your position. But I think um, Hoiberg's been outstanding so far this season for Spurs. No, I agree. I think that uh, Hobie has been been superb. He's risen to that challenge. He knew there was competition. Basuma was added. It's a natural reaction. Any player knows, especially at the start of the season, you come back into your dressing room and you're looking around the additions that's been made and you're just thinking, yeah, he's he's going to threaten my place or he's, he's going to make a difference there. And that's exactly what's happened. So Hobie has been a, has been a real plus. Hey, what about the, the Leicester situation? Um, it's hard to know if all of the managers who have jobs at the moment would still have jobs if uh, there's been a couple of defeats over the last week or so. So a lot of pressure on Brendan Rodgers. You feel like getting rid of Brendan Rodgers is a bad, bad decision from Leicester's point of view. But also sometimes these managers reach the end of uh, a curve and don't seem to be able to arrest the slide. So they need a massive performance here. And in fairness to them, they have risen to games where they've been behind um, or they've been expected not to win over the last period of time. But what do you expect from him after having had the 10 days to work with his team? I, I, I would expect a response, I think, um, and a reaction to the, to the way they've been playing. Um, I think, it, you know, it's been evident that the burst strings have been pulled in at Leicester. They haven't been able to add. They've sold players. Um, but Brendan's one who work, works with his players will be demanding of his players. He knows what they're capable of. They shouldn't be at the, the bottom of the league. They've uh, just got the one point. They haven't won a game. So, um, you know, that, that, that's alarming at the start of the season and they've put themselves in a very difficult position. But they go to Spurs, I think. Spurs, who obviously have now lost the game, obviously not a Premier League game, but they've now lost the game. They've, they've tasted defeat and Brendan will be emphasising it's an opportunity to get something. If it's a point, it will be a fantastic point. If they come and were to beat Spurs, everybody would then be looking at Spurs and, 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 and analysing them. So... Um, I don't think he's got anything to lose at, the, at this moment in time and I don't think he's going anywhere Leicester I think um, to change their manager at this point would, would be a, a really uh, it would be a bizarre um, uh, change for me Do you think so? Yeah I'm surprised because they're only one of two teams without a win just themselves and Everton bottom of the league it feels to me Clive like it is the, the natural end of the, of the period for Rodgers at this club Um but I, there's a few things there. I, I'm fascinated by how well he's taken the, the purse strings being pulled over the summer. I, I haven't heard an awful lot of public utterings from him. The odd bit of kind of maybe passive aggression about things that he would want to have done. But I'm surprised he hasn't all out attacked the club for not giving him the resources. He's achieved so much there. Um, 
but you, I suppose you answered the question already but I'm interested though Clive end of the season is Brendan Rodgers still Leicester City manager? I think we, we, we certainly have to wait and see I think um, if Leicester's form doesn't improve and their position doesn't improve then I think there's a, there's an, an inevitable conclusion to, to what happens come the end of the season mm. um, but at this moment in time I, I can't see of um, a replacement that's going to make a, a massive difference to, to impact the, the football club I think that Brendan knows that club now. He's been there, obviously, for a period of time. He's been successful there winning the FA Cup. Um, and it, it's to see whether he can now get a response from those players. Um, let's talk about the, the Villa-Southampton game tonight. This is, um, again, a manager under pressure who probably will be very grateful for the break. It comes off the back of Villa drawing one all, kind of surprisingly, and, and maybe, you know, very unfortunate not to get a win against Manchester City, which would have been the biggest shock result of the season so far. So Southampton are the perfect opponents, you would think, for uh, Steven Gerrard and Villa tonight. What's your expectation levels for how he's going to perform over the next period of time? And what does he need to do to get the, the Villa fans off his back? Well, I think that was a, a fantastic point. No one expected that against Man City. And that, that is something that sometimes can just spark the, the, the whole club, the, the belief in what you're doing, the way you're going about the games. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good uh, performance, certainly better than what's been coming there at home to Southampton. They will look at this as a, as a great opportunity. He would have done some work as well with the group. Um, they would have been addressing, uh, and the you know the um, the analysts would have been looking at everything that they've done or not done over the last few games. You know they've 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 not won in four, so um, they'll be looking and seeing this as a big opportunity to get three points. Um, what do you think is going to happen with Villa and Stevie G? Because these are the games that they've actually been tripping up in. Yeah, where you know they've been good against good teams basically since he arrived. They've been very good in big games, and then you'd expect them to beat other kind of mid to lower yeah. tier teams and then they they stutter I think he's uh, overall Gerard I think he's actually signed very well it's just he can't seem to put it all together I think he I think he knows the players he wants but he's unsure of the system and I think that will ultimately cost him I'd be surprised if he was still Aston Villa manager by New Year's Day put it that way because I feel like you're saying there he's struggling against the likes of Southampton um, but I feel like the next big game that he plays you know, it's one of the big six and they lose I think that's when he'll be seriously under pressure but they have a bit of a conundrum in goal this weekend they could uh, be giving a Premier League debut to Philip Marshall 19 years of age five years ago this guy wasn't even a goalkeeper he was the 13 year old outfielder who they saw a bit of a uh, bit like our own Queeveen Kelleher they saw something in and put him in goal and uh, he was on loan at the like I think the sixth tier of English football last year Um and now he might be less than a year on he could be actually in goal this weekend because there's a bit of a crisis Emmy Martinez is ill uh, Robin Olsen has a knee injury and Jed Steer the third choice keeper has a long term Achilles problem so could be very interesting between the sticks yeah, this weekend a, not a great time to be uh, making your debut straight in the Premier League but um, yeah look obviously we wish him the very best and we'll, we'll see what the team selection is the Tyrone Mings is back in the team yeah. and they need him and he's playing okay and so maybe maybe, maybe the tough love is what everybody needed I don't know I'd like my fortnightly update from you Ask the Villa fan, what do you think right now as you sit here? Gerard in, Gerard out. Um, I'd be very worried about tonight, where Southampton have also played well in games where you don't expect them to, but also have been abysmal in other matches. Mm-hmm. And they've been both really good and abysmal in the same games at various stages. So um, I've got to reserve judgment and uh, wait and see exactly what happens this evening. Uh, Wolves versus Manchester City is um, half past 12. 
the rest of the world is hoping that somehow Manchester City are going to have a hangover from European exploits, Clive. That's kind of what we're down to, isn't it? Uh, blind hope that maybe something might derail Manchester City because it's not going to be their squad or their talent or anything. They're, they don't seem to be getting in their own way at the moment. No, I think uh, they've got everything just about perfect at the moment. Uh, the way they're playing, they've, they've added a, 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 ma- a machine of a goal-scoring centre-forward who has hit the ground running. Um, things are looking very, very good. Everybody's trying to catch them, I think. Everybody's trying to stay on their coattails. Very, very difficult game for, for Wolves. I saw Wolves a few weeks ago at Spurs and they, for an hour, were very good. They kept possession of the ball. They didn't really have a cutting edge and I think that uh, might just um, cost them as the season goes forward in terms of where they're going to end up. But um, for me, this is, uh, this is one of the bankers of the weekend, um, another Man City victory. I think I think I found a weakness Manchester City I've okay. been looking very hard something surely surely they have some jink in the armour Raheem Sterling's gone they lack pace up front so if you sit deep very compact know exactly what you're doing with your defensive midfield and have a good counter attack going on I think you can get at City I've been studying it I think it's the have only you, way it's going to work Have you seen Have you seen the, the young man they've added at centre forward he's pretty quick he gets in behind defences is he, is he genuinely the greatest striker of all time? Uh, I mean, this guy is... Certainly, up to this point... It's like you manufactured the best well, ever. you know, Mbappe is also very good. Like, yeah. um, and has has done it, has a, a World Cup medal. Now, although was not their best player in that World Cup tournament, but was still very good and came alive in the big moments when he needed to. So, you know, it's. I think what we're seeing is the new Messi versus Ronaldo is going to be over the next decade. Yeah. Those two get to decide. And if, if Mbappe stays at the level he's at it'd be great to see Mbappe in a league where he was challenged week in week out by the world's best defenders as mm. opposed to the world's best young defenders which seems to be the situation but yeah I mean is he the best 22 I don't know like uh, if you think back to the original Ronaldo at this stage you would have said Ronaldo at 22 was as good and yeah, as impressive no. and his goal scoring exploits at a time when he could still be kicked from behind so yeah I know I know look I'm being slightly facetious obviously there's a long way to go for his career we don't even know how he's going to get on at Man City overall it's just it starts 13 goals in 8 games it's just outrageous um, and like he says yeah he, he does have pace too but I was saying the only thing specifically is out wide maybe they lack a bit of pace well, I, I, so Dortmund did play really well for 60 minutes and yeah. you know maybe if they hadn't taken off the, I mean, if they had, hadn't invited City on for the last 20 minutes things might have been different so I wonder was there a bit of a template there like, which was effectively what Colin was saying drop super deep make it completely compact hound everybody out and try and get a nil all because like Villa drew one all with them and Villa aren't great Yeah but I think when you see City the way they've played the way they've played with Haaland they've, they've created chances with their possession game they've they've put balls in behind defences where Haaland gets in the six-yard box a number of tap-ins or, or close-range goals that he scored um, I just think that he's given them another option in, in respect of um, what they can produce and how they can play um, and uh, yeah, stopping Man City at the moment is, is the biggest question in football how do you do it because um, I think they're capable on, on different fronts of creating creating chances and certainly they've got a man who takes them at the moment Is Diego Costa the man who could scare them? <laughs> scare them straight this weekend He hasn't played a competitive game of football in 2022 yeah. but uh, by all accounts he's been training away doing very well he says he needs two to three weeks Clive to get up to date but uh, up to speed How did you rate him when he was uh, with Chelsea in the Premier League the previous spell 
I, I, I think he he was a, he was a weapon. If you played if you played to Costa in the right way, he, he can be he can lead the line. And uh, I, I think it's fascinating that you know teams are now looking at uh, traditional centre forwards, mm. adding traditional centre forwards to their lineups because they they realise that they need them. Those focal points, the ones at the front of the line, ones that are going to get into the six yard box and and be on the end of crosses or passes. So. Um, Costa, Costa could be valuable to Wolves, but um, I think it might take him a little while just to get up to speed. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the Brentford-Arsenal game because um, when Arsenal over the last couple of seasons were failing to reach the levels that they did reach at the very start of the Wenger era, it was fixtures like this where they'd play really pretty stuff across the midfield, they'd have a thousand passes and there would be no end product. It felt like Arteta is getting to a stage now where the team has more cut and thrust and that, that attacking you know the four attacking players that they have uh, in the starting lineup are really sensational when everything's going well. So that's why this is a big, very interesting test. Brentford will set up very, very defensively against them. Look to hit them on the counter attack. Will physically be able to, you know, cause trouble for them from set pieces. And that's not to do Brentford down. Brentford been brilliant so far this season. But that's why this game is a bit more interesting than maybe it might have been in previous years because it gives us the opportunity to go our Arsenal for real. What do you expect to happen here, Clive? I think this is a fascinating game. It's a real test for Arsenal because I saw Brentford at Crystal Palace a few weeks ago live, and um, they they just they just never went away. Palace won in front. Brentford kept going, scored a late equaliser, and that is Brentford. They they're all action. There's a real um, tempo and intensity about the way that they play, and this for me is a test for Arsenal. If, if Arsenal are, are the real deal in respect of uh, um, staying at the top of the league, staying amongst the leaders. Um, if if they can go to Brentwood in a London derby and get a result, then I think it just shows the, the the metal that they have and the belief that they have in the way that they play. I think they've been fantastic this season. Um, the way they've started, people said, "Well, they haven't had the hardest games, but you've still got to win Premier League games. No Premier League games easy to win." So I think that um, this this for me is, is going to be a cracking game, a big London derby, um, one in which Arsenal are going to have to be at their best to get a result. Yeah, geez, they've come a long way since this corresponding fixture last season, which was the first game of the season. Remember that Friday night football? Brentford won 2-0. Arsenal were completely overwhelmed. Now, they did have a COVID hit in the squad. Aubameyang and Lacazette were affected that night, no longer with the club. Clive, we're over a year on. What is it that Mikel Arteta has improved for you? What's the main factor, the, the reasoning that Arsenal are so much better than they were last season? I think there's a real belief in the way that they're playing. There's a confidence about um, the the the. The, the football they play will create chances and, and they have a confidence and Jesus has been a fantastic addition Zinchenko again you've added players that know how to win or what it, know what it takes to win um, and I think that's been instilled within the group the group have grown um, there's been some young players I think that have become more confident more mature um, understand the, the roles that they have under the manager um, I think defensively they're they're better than they were. Saliba coming back into the club has been uh, has been has been a, a real positive. So I think that uh, all round they um, they've improved. They've improved as a group. I think there's a good um, there's a good competition for places, um, and there's a belief in the manager which um, which which is shown at the start of this season. Mm. I was I have to say when I saw that they were signing Gabriel Jesus and Alexander Sinchenko. I was a bit underwhelmed on their behalf because I thought, well, they can't get into the Manchester City sides consistently. This is, you know, this is where Arsenal are at. But what I'm really impressed with is how Arteta has instilled the belief in Jesus that, no, like I bought you for a reason. You are my number nine now. And he, Clive, just looks a step above everybody else in the pitch 
in any Arsenal game I've seen so far this season whether that lasts I don't know maybe it's a new signing bump but is that Arteta getting the best football out of Jesus or was that what Jesus was always able to offer but Pep Guardiola didn't believe in him yeah, maybe. I think maybe the just just him bringing him in, um, Arteta bringing him in, putting him an arm around him, saying that he he's going to make him his main man, um, and he's been dynamic and he's lifted everybody else. And I think that that's what you want as a manager. You bring in a new player, you want him not only to produce what you know he's capable of, but affect the group. And that's exactly what Jesus has done. He's been. I think he's been such a live wire. He's given. He's given Arsenal something that they didn't have. Lacazette wasn't as mobile. Lacazette wasn't wasn't the um, wasn't the player that Jesus is this season. And I, and I think that that was really good business by Arsenal. I guess the other thing that's happening here is that the manager is becoming more experienced with every passing six weeks six months every season every transfer window every training session because he's so inexperienced as the number one at a football club like if you think back to the situation he had with Aubameyang where his entire authority was undermined by his captain who would show up late who basically missed the North London derby because he got stuck in traffic like now it's clearly Arteta's team he has decided who is playing and who isn't he has created the competition there. And whether or not he turns out to be a brilliant manager or not, he definitely has power. That's very important, it seems, at clubs. And it, you know, we, we see what Ten Hag has done with Ronaldo and Harry Maguire. You can't have any doubt about who the boss is. No, that's right. And I think that that, that was a, a real big moment for Arteta with the, with the Aubameyang situation, letting him go, um, making, his, making his mark as a manager, as a number one. Having to make those big decisions, that was a big decision he got right. There's no doubt about that. And he's grown from that. And the team has as well. The team's responded in the right way. Um, and and that, that decision was a massive one. And um, it's worked well for him and the club. We um, we put a, a flash poll up on Twitter before we came on. Who was going to be the second top goal scorer in this year's Premier League? Our options were uh, Jesus, Rashford, Harry Kane and Diego Costa. We, we might have been trolling a bit with the Diego Costa one. We have had complaints about no Mo Salah. I mean, it's not, just, it's not featuring yet at the moment. No Son, obviously. Uh, we could have been referring to him as the top scorer. Uh, we could have we could have but then we're not completely crazy although that is certainly an accusation level that is sometimes <laughs> Harry Kane has topped the poll on 54% Gabriel Jesus is second Rashford's third and uh, somebody did actually vote for Diego Costa so um, that, that I believe that's the margin of error we call that <laughs> uh, who, who like who will finish second in the uh, golden boot Clive is it is, Harry Kane you think no so doubt. yeah 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 absolutely no doubt I think that um, you know Harry's Harry's not played as well as we know he can as well at Spurs, but I think the, the the front line is good. He's scoring goals, which again he hasn't done historically over the years. He hasn't started particularly well, but um, his goal scoring form is, is good. Um, he's getting chances, and he will he'll, he'll run Haaland close. Haaland's got to got to slow down at some point. He can't yeah. continue at this rate. So um, I, I expect Harry to be on his coattails. Yeah. It's funny how the World Cup break is coming and Haaland is going to be refreshed by that. He will literally have a month lying on the beach while everybody else is like running around and getting kicked and, you know, being emotionally invested in trying to win the World Cup. And he'll be like, yeah, OK, that's fair. You guys keep working there and I'm going to come back and score hat-tricks. Oh, he's terrifying. In the um, fictional TV series Dream Team, there was a footballer called Luke Davenport that Harchester United signed from Barcelona for £40 million, which back then is a lot of money 20 years ago. Yeah. He started... 
in that show with so many goals that it was unrealistic it was laughable it's actually equatable to what Haaland's doing <laughs> in real life now what happened with Davenport was that he had a serious injury on the pitch it was heartbreaking and he had to retire early right. and that was the only way that football was saved from how dangerous he was as a striker Yeah. so I'm saying that there's nothing going to happen to Haaland if he wants to continue he's going to be the my, greatest goal scorer ever my theory is the only thing that can stop him now is a job in Hollywood where they come and say look you're a superhero made flesh you can come and be the new rock or whoever it is we could do both. Yeah, well, that's, that's all we're talking about here. It's like, uh, how many points will they win the league by? Last one for us here is Everton against West Ham. Um, neither of these teams doing very well at the moment. Uh, West Ham starting to pick up a little bit of momentum and a little bit of quality and performance. But there's a, a, a small sense of after the Lord Mayor show last year for them where they might have been a bit heartbroken by not finishing a bit higher up the table when the opportunity was there for them or not winning a trophy when the opportunity was there for them so uh, what do you expect from David Moyes over the rest of the season he's, he's definitely somebody who we don't think is, his job isn't any risk and they will get that right but how, how high up the table will they finish do you think Clive? Well it's a difficult season for West Ham I think they had a fantastic European run their results good results this season have started in the European Conference League obviously winning winning their first two games Albeit tightly last night, I think that um, you know he's, he's having to juggle a squad. There's been a, there's been been some acquisitions, um, and that always takes time to to work out. Um, and I think teams are, are really aware of how how positive West Ham were last season, particular Boeing. Um, you know what you, what Antonio is going to do. So um, I think teams are aware of West Ham and, and their strengths and, and how to how to maybe um, thwart those strengths. Um, I think that um, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting season for them. I, I can see them going really well in the in, in European Conference League. Maybe the op- best opportunity of, of them winning something, um, but that might just take a little bit away from their Premier League run. If they finish in the top half of the, the Premier League, certainly um, it, it, if they if they strike for Europe again, get anywhere near Europe again, it would be a, a fantastic achievement. I think for West Ham. The, the Declan Rice situation is obviously something we're, we're very interested in seeing where he goes and how much longer he stays at West Ham is there a possibility that his price at West Ham just becomes too much for the rest of football that actually he ends up being priced out of a move and stays with West Ham even longer than we think he might stay yeah every player has his price it, 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 you know they, they will the, the clubs also have to realise that there's there's a certain there's a ceiling on, on anybody's value so um, you know, Declan Rice was much sought after in the summer. I'm sure there, I'm, I'm sure West Ham had a lot of inquiries for him, but um, um, they needed to keep him, and I think they did well to keep him. Um, he's vitally important, such a fantastic player um, with a World Cup coming. If he has a, a great World Cup for England, which potentially he can do, um, then then he, he he will be such a, a valuable asset for West Ham United. So, are we entering the kind of this last season, maybe, or certainly maybe this and one more? But that would be it. I think it depends where West Ham finish. Um, you know, and that that is that is always the case with players. Um, experienced that with Luka Modric at Spurs many years ago, when we thought he was going to Chelsea or he wanted to go to Chelsea. Um, but was persuaded to stay because we had Champions League football. Then Real Madrid come knocking. You you, you can't deny him that opportunity to go to to Real Madrid. So with Declan Rice, I think um, there there will be possibilities. But I think that West Ham will do well and and need need to keep him for as long as they can. Okay, what have you made of Frank Lampard start of the season? 
Um, I think he's getting there. I think Frank, um, you know, it was always a difficult one. It wasn't a good start. They've drawn four games now. I think they're they're, they're moving in the right direction. Um, retaining Gordon, I think, was a was a was was a big big positive for them, for the club, for the young player who, who's going to play regularly for Everton and, and, and will perform. I think he's a real talent. So I think um, Frank's added well. I think there's a, one or two additions that, that are going to help them. Um, and, and I think Everton will work their way out of those uh, those bottom three places. It's funny, like uh, although you pointed out they haven't won a game, they've only lost two games, so they're actually drawing. And if they can just, you know, it's 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 a knife edge when all your results are draws because obviously yeah. they can go either way. Um, and so one bad refereeing decision, one defensive mistake versus one forward taking an opportunity, like it's transformative and yeah. a little bit of confidence with the team, but. They do seem to have a bit more about them maybe than we had thought at the start of the season. I think so. Um, yeah, I think they definitely do. I think Onana's a huge signing for them in midfield as well. Since he's come in, he looks r- like real quality. They'll actually do well to keep hold of him, if, hold of him if he keeps up his form for the rest of the season. They also have Dominic Calvert-Lewin to welcome back, um, but he's been ravaged by injuries, so I don't know if he'll still be the same player. Tom Davis as well. I always thought a few years ago that this guy's really going to be a fantastic midfielder, but he's kind of in and out of the side. But in saying all of that, that's what Lampard has as options. And I have to give him huge credit because I think certainly over here, he was an easy target last season. I think people kind of took a bit of joy in him, maybe not succeeding as a manager. But he took them out of that um, when they looked odds on certain to go down after losing to Burnley at Turf Moor last season. Lampard was the man who rejuvenated that side and they quite easily in the end escaped relegation and I think as you're saying Ger, like it's a knife edge you're talking like domino effect if they can get one win here then they can rack up like three or four wins over the next kind of eight or nine games if you look at their fixture list and suddenly Lampard's doing a pretty decent job at Everton and as Clive said did really really well to retain Anthony Gordon for now Alright Colm good stuff Clive thanks for joining us thanks a million cheers Absolute pleasure. Enjoy the games this weekend. Our five games that we're talking about in the football kickoff this week Villa versus Southampton this evening at 8 o'clock. Wolves versus Manchester City tomorrow at half past 12. That's live on BT Sport. Villa Southampton is obviously Sky Sports. Spurs Leicester is on Sky Sports as well. Brentford Arsenal on Sunday from 12 is on Sky Sports. And at 2.15, it's Everton versus West Ham. That is the uh, second Sunday fixture for you. The football kickoff is live at half 11 every Friday across all of our social channels youtube.com forward slash off the ball. It's all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. See you next week. The Football Kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.